Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap here, managing editor of Fightful.com. Brought the headband back. It's beauty goes perfectly with my Fightful t-shirt, which you all can pick up at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. Of course, we have links up on Fightful.com as well. Monday Night Raw to talk about tonight. It is the December 4th edition. We are one month away now from Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan. We have a post-show covering that. I have a post-show for the upcoming Ring of Honor Final Battle Show on December 15th. That's a big weekend. Also, Clash of Champions weekend. But this past week... We had a ton of UFC 218 coverage. I mean, probably more than any website out there. We did a a phenomenal job. Big shout out to my team, especially James Lynch, who was there on the scene getting that info. And it's not just MMA stuff. We had a lot of pro wrestling related stuff, which you all can see on our YouTube. You can see the article. Sergio Pettis talking about CM Punk. Michelle Watterson talking about maybe getting into wrestling. Henry Cejudo, who was actually pegged as kind of like uh, one of – Vince McMahon's targeted Mexican stars didn't work out. He talks about that experience. We'll have the videos of that on uh, the Listen Your Boy Wednesday as well, as well as tons of stuff on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Definitely check that out. Uh, we had a lot of work there. Looks like we're going to be doing a lot more of that in the near future. But it is WWE Raw time. Uh, I thought this show in the ring, probably the first couple of hours – just outstanding wrestling. Last match was pretty good as well. Uh, I've got Alex Pawlowski here to talk to me, uh, talk with us about it, rather. Alex, what did you, you think of this Raw tonight? This was uh, this was a great way to start out the uh, the month of December. Uh, what, what a great Christmas present uh, for everybody who loves wrestling, and for everybody who loves broken slash woken Matt Hardy. Oh yeah. We'll get to that because that was like one of my favorite things, not even in wrestling, just like of all time. Like I was so happy. We're going to talk. I've got a little bit of extra info on that as well. So we will talk about that later. Um, I did a news update. Chris Jericho will not be at WrestleMania 34. He is booked in New Hampshire, Alex. (laughs) The day of 
the day of that show. Now he does like to troll people and like kind of put fake dates, fake right. venues. Maybe that is a real venue. Tickets go on sale Friday. I will be making sure that uh, tickets do actually go on sale. Schedule's clear through January, February, so you never know what he could show up and do then. But either way, uh, he's he's not going to be at WrestleMania. It appears. Also, guys, before I get done with the plugs, head over to our forum. I've got an AMA and Ask Me Anything post over on our forum. Right now, we've got a ton of people on the site, so it may be kind of slow. Our tech team is working hard to fix that. Uh, But I want to thank you guys so much for the support. Let's talk about WWE Raw. Alex, I love this opening segment. I thought that uh, this was just unbelievable stuff. Let me walk you all through it. Kurt Angle comes out to preview the night's matches. Jason Jordan interrupts him. What's a shot at Reigns? And he was being a sniveling child, Alex. This, I'm not in love with Jason Jordan as a performer. You know, like he's got a lot to work on in that way. Not not in ring. Solid. Totally solid. As an actor, a little bit to be desired. But the character that he is working right now is really interesting. Like, I mean, he's this this spoiled brat. He's the coach's kid who believes he should start because he's the coach's kid. Oh, yeah. But he's not great because he's really good. But he's not the best guy on the team, but he thinks he is. You know what I mean? Like, it's that, it's that, uh, it's just really, really nuanced. And I, I like that he's got some heel and babyface tendencies, particularly how he works in the ring. He's the kick returner that thinks he should be the number one wide receiver. Yes, yes, yes. Now he, he's. I really, really love this character work that they're doing with it. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, he is a heat magnet, Alex. <laughs> like my he God, really is he is. Reigns comes out after Jason Jordan says that he wants Reigns. I love their dialogue here. Roman Reigns yep. and like Roman Reigns saying, "Get up and, and and earn it," and Jason Jordan calling him out on that. And, like, here, here's the situation, Alex. It's like Reigns did have a lot of that stuff handed to him, but by now he has earned it. So you can play yeah. both sides of that. Like, he just – he did put in seven years of work, and he is really good now, and he does deserve that spot. But when he got it, he didn't. So Jason Jordan can point at that and say, no, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, Reigns says that Jordan's begging his daddy for favors. Then Reigns says that he wants Joe. Joe comes out, cuts a promo threatening Reigns, and then Jordan steps up. And I love Roman Reigns' demeanor here. It was the stay-in-your-lane demeanor that retained throughout this show, and I I liked it a lot. They both dismissed Jason Jordan, and Jason Jordan wasn't having any of that. Suplexed Roman Reigns overhead, goading him into the match. I loved this. I thought that Jason Jordan hung with two main event guys on the mic and then would go on to do it physically as well. That says a lot. Now, I have spoken about this. I spoke about this on Twitter. I hope that with at least two guys right now, Elias, Jason Jordan, proven they can get the heat, proven they can do it in the ring, I hope WWE doesn't see that and say, oh, well, then they'll be good no matter what we do to them. Because we saw that with the dashing Cody Rhodes. We saw that with a a Wade Barrett. We saw it with a Bad News Barrett. Uh, we saw it with a Big E to an extent, where he was working with a guy who had the world championship a couple months before, just flushed down the toilet. We saw it with Drew McIntyre. We saw it with a lot of people in that era, a Rusev. We saw it with a lot of guys, so I hope that doesn't happen. 
But that segment led into a match, which, damn, these guys are going to have a ton of good matches over the next decade, Alex. Yeah, I mean, if if Roman is not working um, Braun, I hope he's working Jason Jordan because uh, this this was great. Uh, in ring was fantastic. Uh, you tweeted out that he's the heel who works babyface in the ring, and that's really interesting. Um, and you know, Roman is insufferable. Yeah. His character is insufferable. W- would you say that like, he is insufferable, Succotash? <laughs> I walked right into that one. <laughs> um, no, that's but but seriously, like this guy is like you know like, yes, we realize you're really good, but do you have to be such a dick about it? Like that that guy, you know what I mean? And um, we haven't gotten to it yet, but like, like yeah, this guy that you just beat, who who pushed you to your absolute limit, um, and then. <laughs> He saves your ass from being choked out, and then you punch him in the face because because you're Roman Reigns and you do whatever you want. And, I mean, at least he's consistent. Like, he's an insufferable dick at all times. Yeah. And somehow, in spite of myself, I like him more because of it. So let's talk about this match. It was awesome. Samoa Joe is seated at ringside in a rather intimidating manner. Like, he's pulled up like uh, Elliot Stabler and – SVU interrogating somebody chair backwards, just like admit to it. I got to go to Dunkin' Donuts. Get us out of here. Jordan applied a rather different kind of arm bar. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing yet. It was applied a different way. I'm not going to say it's a wrong way because anything can be applied a right way almost. Uh, He has a great out of nowhere drop kick that he lands that I think is only going to get better. Then he catches Reigns midair outside the ring and breaks Roman Reigns' ass. Yep. Repeatedly. I'm talking like just broke that ass all up. Yeah. Yeah. Broke his uh, butt, Alex. He he broke his butt. Um, That didn't look like it felt really good, particularly the second one. Like the spear and then staggering backwards into the – into the <laughs> into the into the stapes. My my dad used to call that the sacroiliac. I have no idea if that's an actual term. I'm pretty sure it is. It's like the lower part of where the 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 back meets the butt. But my dad would say, "Oh, you fell on your sacroiliac," and I have no idea if that was a real thing. But uh, man, that's that, where that he hit. It can be worse sometimes, man. You got those. Uh, God damn, what are they called? Whatever. <laughs> Either way. Either way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right now. It, it tells quite a story, I think, within the match that Roman Reigns, who is without a doubt perceived as top guy on the show, had to resort to attacking Jason Jordan's injured knee to get a, a leg up in this match, no pun intended. <clears throat> Jason Jordan's selling of this knee was nothing short of phenomenal. It's great. Jason Jordan kicked and then immediately sold the leg and then hit a rolling Northern Light suplex, but he couldn't bridge on that knee. It was too painful. So his leg was up in the air, and Corey Graves helped really drive it home. Had he been able to use both of those legs, he was probably going to win this. The visual of, of Jason Jordan's leg just dangling in the air because he couldn't bridge on it. I thought that was awesome. That kicked ass. Yeah, no, it, it was great. I mean, everything he was doing as far as – the story that we're telling in the match, 
uh, his selling. Uh, I, I love his suplexes. So th those rolling, bridging uh, Northern Light suplexes are never going to get old for me. They're just not. I mean, it's super cool. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm really high on this guy as an in-ring performer. And now that they seem to have found a sweet spot for his character to stay in, like, we'll talk about this later, but his, the way he also now treats dad backstage is also really cool. And I, I, don't, I don't know if they'll ever really nail the performance, but I love where the character is headed, and I, I'm, I'm into it. Jason Jordan went 20 minutes with Roman Reigns, and it ruled. By the way, guys, I'll have my match ratings for all these shows up at 6 a.m. as I do every Tuesday and Wednesday following Raw and SmackDown. After the match, uh, Superman punch Spear over, by the way. After the match, Joe attacks Reigns, and Jordan saves him only to get punched by Reigns. Like I said, he was in full stay-in-your-lane mode with Jordan this entire time. Oh, yeah. No, that, that was a very interesting thing. I, I haven't – usually the dude – who just got beat, uh, and then there's a run-in on the guy who beat him. He's either, like, you know, supposed to be out on the side of the ring or he's headed to the back, and he never gets involved. Um, I, I like that he got involved, uh, and I like that it only served to piss off both men, the guy he saved and the guy he, he yeah. saved him from. Uh, this, this, I mean, if, if, if we're headed toward, like, a triple threat, um, program that that match could be really all kinds of excellent and you know like Jason Jordan is in the position where he can take the fall and it won't like it won't hurt him god I'm so, so ready for Jordan to eliminate them both from the Royal Rumble oh yeah and that's that's also another thing that's great <laughs> I would I'm love it like, like Samoa Joe can can pin or submit Jason Jordan to become IC champ to take the belt off Roman and that way Roman doesn't have to lose headed into his feud with, with Brock Lesnar. Because I don't think they want him to lose, even though they want him to not have, from what I've heard, he's not supposed to have the belt when he faces Brock. So that's this one great way of getting off of him. So backstage, I love this too. Jason Jordan's back there telling Kurt Angle that he has to give him a chance against Joe. And Kurt Angle yells at him. He's like, I don't have to give you shit. I don't know you shit. And then Joe, who heard this, found Jason Jordan and attacked him. And maybe my favorite line, Joe looks at Kurt and says, like father, like son, huh, Kurt? I love that. That ruled. That was a great callback that maybe, maybe Vince didn't even know about. Maybe a Vince McMahon doesn't know about, but Samoa Joe just threw in there. And that's just me speculating. I do not know. But if so... A-plus, my man. Great callback because there are people who know that history. Yeah, no, I mean, for those of you who don't know the history, um, I'm sure you can find some of this stuff on, on YouTube if you don't have the nah, whatever. You can find it on the WWE whatever, Network in a couple thing. years. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, Joe and Angle had some friggin' barn burners in TNA. Uh, these guys murdered each other on the regular. Uh and the callback to that, for those of us who know about the history and, and are jazzed to have that kind of a thing, the continuity from, from, from Fed to Fed is pretty awesome. Um, and uh, what I wanted to know 
was just how hard that wall was that Jason Jordan got knocked into because the sound did not sound forgiving. It did not sound like drywall. That sounded like concrete. Yeah. And that was that was nuts. Um, but I also just love the, hey, you, cool off. Because it's a great <laughs> thing. That is the absolute thing that the dad coach says to the son athlete. You know, not really reprimanding him. Just like, hey, man, you need to cool off. Hit the showers. I wanted to tell him to hit the showers. Like, it just, it's such a cool dynamic they have here now. Um, I hope that they never do the, I was just pretending to be your son so I could get ahead to heel turn. I want him to just be this entitled, you know, little prick and not actually be the whole giant, like, it was always oh, set up. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if Kurt Angle had pretended that it was his son. Like, they were in on it together. Well, that's interesting, like too. That. Up next, Paige defeated Sasha Banks. Now, I want to say this is a very interesting method in which WWE took. A woman who hadn't wrestled in a year and a half. They didn't put her on a live event. They didn't put her in a six-woman tag. They didn't put her in a multiple-person match. They had her go one-on-one, 15, 16 minutes with Sasha Banks. Um, that is right into the, the – that's sink or swim. Right off yeah. the bat. And I thought she was rusty to begin with, which is to be expected, especially with her selling. That didn't last, though. I really liked this match. Yeah, she fell right back into that groove. Um, it's it's cool to have her back. You know, like she's she was a she's a she has a different energy about her in the ring than anybody else on Raw or SmackDown. Uh, and it's just kind of cool to have that back as a possibility. Um, I, I'm I'm all for seeing her in the ring versus Alexa Bliss and and Bailey. I, I, honestly, I feel like she's the perfect foil to get Bailey back on track. Um, I just don't know if they're if, they, if that's in their plans of a real feud between the two of them at least anytime soon. But uh, I I really enjoyed the match and I love that it got a long time. My God, there were like three matches total in the first hour and a half of the show. And they were all great. They were like, all awesome they pay-per-view were all, quality all matches. All great. All great. So let's uh, talk about this match. Uh, Sasha bumped her ass out for Paige. Oh, man. Paige, I did not see taking a lot of huge back bumps. And that includes a spot to the outside where she landed on like her feet and rolled. So this includes a big, big sunset flip power bomb that just looked really bad for Sasha. The match breaks down outside, causes the distraction. Paige gets the win. This was real good stuff. A great way to reintroduce Paige. I liked it. And I don't like a lot right now because the Steelers just tied the Bengals on Monday Night Football. But oh, uh, no. I'll let you share your thoughts oh, on the, the match, not the game. Yeah. <clears throat> the, the match was really, really good. And, you know, I as much as I honestly don't understand – how you have two trios entering on separate brands with a goth leader, a brunette tough chick, and a blonde fitness model, and they're not connected. Like, it's the laziest writing ever. I still can still like them each, like, on their own. I like what's going on on SmackDown so far, and I like this. But the fact that, like, it was kind of like, we're doing the same thing on both shows feels like, meh. Nah, nah, nah. I don't like that. 
I don't either. And and it, we'll find out where it goes. But yeah, Alexa was on commentary. She pieced out after all this too. Don't know the significance of that, but I hope they circle back. Enzo runs down the Zo train backstage. And then Nia Jack shows up and hits on Enzo for perhaps the biggest goddamn pop of her career. <laughs> By the way, Enzo is on straight to the source with Corey Graves next week. That should be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, I've been wondering how they were going to figure out a way of getting Nia away from this absolution deal. Honestly, felt like it would be kind of cool if she joined them. Um, but I didn't expect this. I didn't expect her to take the Alicia Fox Memorial, <laughs> you know, like 4A into 205 Live. Uh, somebody was like, oh, does this mean we're going to get... Um, Enzo's a double champion on 205 Live now. Yeah. yeah. Does this mean we're going to have uh, Nia Jax as Cruiserweight champion? I was like, no, she doesn't meet the weight limit. And she does not make the weight limit. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but but I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, but yeah, you, you have to keep her as far away from this absolution deal as possible, at least for the yeah. time being, because I, I don't I don't buy her losing to Paige, and uh, uh, and a little wacky. He's gonna hit on Enzo randomly. <laughs> I'm interested to see where it goes. <laughs> WWE Cruiserweight Contender Tournament. The first round is ironically the the finals of the tournament as well. Well, semifinal. I don't know what the hell you'd call semi-final, it. Semifinal, whatever. Qualifying match, whatever the shit it is. Yeah. There's a very cool double kip-up spot. Cedric dives over the top rope with a great tope conhilo. But I'm a little more partial to this kick he did off the apron where he, he set up, I think, Gulak, ran off the apron and kicked, and WWE production couldn't keep up with it. Yep. Awesome action. I've been, I say it every time they do these multiple-person matches. It's the way to build the cruiserweight division and get people interested because the crowd was hot for this match. Mustafa Ali does a really cool rolling face buster. The only time a handspring makes sense to me is like off of an Irish whip, and that's when Cedric did it, so I like Mm -hmm. that. I do not like Tower of Doom spots. I'm done with them for a while, but I did like that they switched it up with Gulak for a little bit by pushing him into the turnbuckle. Cedric has some like really great counters and an even greater C4, and then Mustafa Ali one-ups him with a Spanish fly. Drew Gulak steals the victory. After those first two matches that happened, especially that opening match, it was going to be hard to get match of the night, and even the tag title match at the end of the night. The Cruiserweights did it, and it has not been often that I've been able to say that on a WWE show, whether it be a pay-per-view or Raw, that the Cruiserweights got match of the night. This was incredible. This was awesome. This is how you highlight the cruiserweights. You might not get any big superstars out of it, but you entertain fans for a good 10 to 20 minute block of a three hour show. Yeah, this is exactly how you do the cruiserweights. You do it like this. You give them something to fight for every time. You know, a a shot at the number one contendership, that's something that they, you know, like, because we don't have real storylines built up. At least we don't have them on, you know, on a show anybody watches. Like 205 Live is, I think, really great. The match quality. Some of the promos take too long. But some of those, sometimes they have the, uh, you know, the dreaded rest hold in the middle of a Cruiserweight match. But the stuff they built up last week 
for Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander. These two guys are not only two of the most talented in-ring performers you have, but go back and watch their, their Fallout video after 205 Live last week. These two guys are probably two of the top 10 actors you have in the company. Like they had this really great, very natural back and forth argument uh, in an interview backstage. I think that they're, they're both like both. If these two guys were in NXT right now, they could be top contenders for their top title, but because they're on the main roster, they have to be shunted over to the purple show. And that's criminal. You know what I mean? Like you have guys down in NXT who are doing amazing stuff, fighting among the heavyweights. Like, Hideo Itami's coming to, coming to 205 Live, and he just got done having an awesome uh, feud with Cassius Ono down there, and he'll never sniff anybody over 205 pounds in the main roster. I don't understand why they can't be – let them fight for a, a belt of their own weight limit, but they can also fight other guys. I think you especially know? within the tag team ranks that should happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I know the Young Bucks over in New Japan have – not only try to make themselves heavyweight tag teams, but just try to maybe abolish the IWGP junior heavyweight tag team. Because especially in tag team wrestling, that style contrast can make such special things. And in WWE, that's a great way to keep a tag team division fresh instead of splitting people up, randomly putting people together. By the way, Luke Harper went home early from this Mexican tour to be with his wife who was in early labor. So the one night that he worked the tour, do you know who he worked against? No. The Hype Bros. By himself? No, 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 no. They they were still teaming together on the tour? Yes. So (laughs) Harper goes home and Rowan teams with Mojo Rawley. I don't know, man. That's not uh, how this works. No, it's not. That's not how this. Oh man, that's not. That's not good. Uh, I will tell you what is good though. The springboard Spanish fly that Ali did was it was incredible. Nuts. Uh, he did it in his uh, cruiserweight classic match last year, and I was like, this dude was the alternate. We used to have like, Shane Shane Helms on shows all the time. You know, he was a long-standing cruiserweight champion. Yeah. who helped revolutionize the ladder match when he did stuff in WCW. I mean, there were that period, that one-and-a-half-year period between WWE, WCW, and some other places had some just psychotic ladder matches. Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, Young Dragons, three count. Like, there a lot of athleticism there. And he said it all the time. Seth Rollins works the X Division style, the Cruiserweight style, and main event matches. He can do a lot of that stuff. He ain't never done a springboard Spanish fly. That's what you need. You have to keep raising the bar, doing something different. And doing something different doesn't necessarily mean more danger. Just something different. Yeah, and I I will say that although I would have loved to have seen Mustafa or Cedric win this, it's the right call to have Gulak win this. Because tomorrow night on 205 Live, it'll be him gloating about having won it and Enzo trying to knock him down a peg. Uh, plus, Rich Swan versus a heel. You need that next week. So, somebody asks why we haven't had Shane on and haven't done um, pods with him. That North Carolina internet sucks. I'll just say that he's got trash internet. I'm beating him at fantasy football this week, by the way. Elias comes out. He wants to sing a song about how LA sucks. It's a good one. 
He needs an iTunes album. Braun is Elias's competition and eats a guitar shot, looks at Elias, and beats the fuck out of him. Yep. Yeah. Kane shows up on the Titan Tron. They got a match next week. <laughs> hey, Braun! Up Braun. here! Up here, Braun! I'm up here, Braun. Um, um, okay. So, uh, I love the little thing backstage where Elias wanted another shot at Roman after it was close last week. I guess that's just how this works. I almost beat Roman, so that's basically like beating everybody else combined. Yeah. So I should get a title shot. I deserve it. Um, and then Kurt Angle's like, I'll find an opponent for you. And I was like, oh, he's going to fight Braun. Because now Braun is like the baby face monster that you bring out to beat up misbehaving heels. And, or... And This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Also, and 1A, he's stuck in a feud uh, with a soon-to-be-retired mayoral candidate who wears a mask and fake hair. Um, it still doesn't make any sense to me why Braun isn't the guy already. Um, you just got to pull the trigger on that guy. I did love to see watch watching him. He watches Elias slide back under the ropes and run away toward the ramp. And he pauses for a second, then runs around the ring to catch him as he gets out of the ring. I like that he's street smart. I really, really he's like it. So smart. I love this that, guy. That was a big Road Warriors thing. So yeah. Asuka defeated Alicia Fox. She Alicia cuts her typical entertaining promo. She got in a little bit of offense, but this match I didn't think was particularly good. Asuka wins with an arm bar, which looks a lot better than the Asuka lock. But anything to add to this match? There really wasn't. No, that was the thing. Like is, that, is that once you've established last week, that she taps out Dana Brooke in, in two seconds. Going going back to the, my opponent got in some offense on me, but I fought out of it and beat her in four minutes. That's a step in the wrong direction. Like, she should be submitting girls like that until she doesn't. That's how you make her the Ronda like, Rousey. Ronda Rousey was beating everybody. And, right. And that's, that's what I would have. 
Now, see, I, I was okay with the Emma thing, and I was okay with her having competitive right. matches. But I mean, I well, and maybe they'll they'll do it again. I don't know. There just was no heat for this. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I was okay with the Emma stuff. Love the Dana Brooke stuff. I just think if it's Alicia's not on. The, uh, they, they kept saying she's a former women's champion. Yeah, to, like, to, to justify to it, legitimize her. But um, it just it also the offense that was got in was kind of sloppy. Uh, I do think I, I like the armbar. I, I, I would love to see like her get into the armbar from all kinds of crazy like takedowns and stuff like that, and and reversals and things like make that her deal. That no matter what where you come at her, she's going to get you in the armbar out of it. I think that's kind of cool. Um, but I did honestly really like the stuff that happened after the match. You did? Yeah. Thought it yeah. was the same shit that they've been doing nonstop. And maybe they're trying to really hammer it home, but uh Asuka left. What do you think the significance of that is? Asuka just keeps leaving. Well, yeah, she keeps leaving because the absolution doesn't want anything to do with her. And I mean to me, like I feel it'd be kind of cool to, to watch Asuka kick to block off of all three of them. But that Alexa kind of, keeps leaving too, though. Well, yeah. Well, Alexa's the coward. She has well, there's to. a lot. I know, but there's a lot of things here that right. are happening in parallel between these two shows that we are right. sitting here waiting for them to draw a connection to, and maybe they don't draw a connection to any right. of it. Right. right. The stuff that I actually that I liked the most was the thing of like Alicia Fox was my only friend here when I left. I, I love like this. That, I love this girl. And, I mean, she didn't say it, but I really would have loved the line of, I love you. And that's what makes this next part so hard for me. And then have them ever get blindsided, as opposed to, I don't know if Mandy and Sonya like you as much as I do, though. Like, that's not a good line. But the sentiment of, I'm going to even, friendship, like sisterhood, that's out the window. I don't care about any of that. You're in my way just like everybody else is. I liked that a lot, and I and I and I appreciated them calling back to the fact that years on Total Divas, uh, they had a great episode of Ride Along where they were you could tell they were like the best of friends. I like yeah. that they were that they was used in this in this uh, little segment. So Finn Balor is the ordinary man who takes an extraordinary amount of time to defeat Bo Dallas. This five minutes, five, six minutes felt like an eternity. No heat. Match wasn't good, and I've really been enjoying Finn Balor's work of late. I don't know what this did for anybody. You know, uh, this was this was the segment that, that didn't need to be on the show. We just didn't need, I'm like, yay for you no. getting Finn Balor involved. I, but I, I would have liked Tex Ferguson and What's-His-Face beating the Taraj in, like, Christmas outfits with – like presents and shit over this, oh, like oh, that's coming. Oh yeah, that'll, that'll be here. There's no Along way the Good Brothers Snowman. <laughs> oh, it is. Frosty the Snowman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the highlight of the night. Matt Hardy oh, is back. <laughs> he is this woken. Was, this was so great. <laughs> I just want to point out something. Four years ago. Bray Wyatt was asked about Husky Harris on Twitter. And his response was, he needed me and I needed a vessel. Mm -hmm. 
That was the the term. I hope it's referenced. I hope they just do it. I just hope they just do it. Uh, uh, Yeah, it should. I mean, listen, somebody gave this, what we saw tonight, the green light. They said, here, you can do this. We're putting this on the air. So this is as this is as crazy broken as 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 or woken as Matt Hardy has been. Like he dropped a Genghis Khan on them. The pyramids of Giza. Like this guy's he's gone so far from like remember when we were thinking, hey, he kind of laughed weird back in April? Yeah. Is, is that is that meaning it could be broken? No, no, no. This is what we were waiting yeah. for. There, this, there's no mistaking. This was so great. I was giggling like a little child through the entire thing. Oh my Bray, god! I very rarely say this, but this is the right spot for Bray Wyatt. Yes. It really <laughs> they, is. They have already taken it to this level. Just go with it. Just go yeah. with it. Because this is an opportunity to salvage some entertainment out of this guy. Because I have not been entertained by him in a long time. Let's talk about the long-lasting ramifications of this. So when I inquired, I was like, what changed? What changed? I'll tell you what changed. Vince McMahon and Matt Hardy told Ed Nordholm an anthem to go fuck themselves. In no uncertain terms is what I was told. And Alex, I will give you the direct source off air. That way maybe next week you can come back and you can be like, oh, that makes sense. And I think it I don't think it's a coincidence. Like like maybe Ed Nordholm's not afraid of, of Matt Hardy, but he's sure as shit afraid of Jerry McDevitt. Jerry McDevitt does not like he is the Mariano Rivera of legal. Like yeah. if they're bringing him in, then sorry, he's got that cutter and he is putting you away. You can swing as hard as you want. You can be patient and wait. But he's going to strike you out. And they did that. And Alex, let's just talk about this. Have you ever seen the cartoon where Bugs Bunny is playing baseball? Yeah. And he throws the pitch and the guy, like three straight batters, they they swing nine times on one pitch. That's what Anthem and Impact did. Because not only does do Matt, Jeff, Maxwell, Rebby, and Senior Benjamin get rights to this, their current roster have rights to their personalities when they leave Impact. Now, I don't know. I haven't found out yet if this means for signings moving forward. But Laurel Van Ness asked out of her deal. Now, she doesn't need to be Laurel Van Ness because I get the feeling as many people know who Chelsea Green is as Laurel Van Ness. But – an EC3, perhaps. Now, I don't know if him going to WWE as Ethan Carter the third is a great well, idea because it well, sounds like a great way to get ribbed on TV. But yeah, I mean, the long-lasting ramifications of that is just unbelievable yeah. that they went that far. Yeah, um, I've been keeping up with 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 uh, the former TNA just a little bit. Uh, it's amazing to me that Laurel Van Ness was um, that girl who supposedly cheated with Daniel Bryan in that segment with Stephanie McMahon a few years ago. Yeah. Like, like she's gone so far. Like the, 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 it's hard to do like really crazy. Like we always say, Oh, Alicia Fox, she's so nuts. But like 
playing actual insanity is really difficult as an actor. Um, everything that she did as broken, um, my husband left me at the altar, uh, that whole deal as Laurel Van Ness was really, really interesting. I don't know what was accurate, but it was never felt false. Like she was commenting, she felt like she was in it at all times. And that's really, that's really cool. That's a mark of a really great she, performer. She has been a bright spot on Impact Wrestling. She's been yeah. excellent in that role. And yeah. I know WWE likes Laurel Van Ness. I've, I've heard this with, from people within WWE. Yeah. To where they may have looked at her signing with Impact and being like, damn, well, we should have gotten on that while we had the chance. Right. That season of Tough Enough has already been arguably the most successful for them. They got Sonya Deville. Mandy Rose, Velveteen Dream, and they will get Chelsea Green out of that. Yeah. That is four really good, promising young talents. I'm talking yeah. still two and a half years later in their early to mid 20s. That is awesome. Matt Hardy gets something that he can really sink his teeth into. He is fully there, whether it's broken, woken, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm just happy we get it. And uh, there were a lot of people who thought that maybe people might not know who this is, what this is. That was not the case. It well, wasn't in L.A. Yeah, at least in L.A. Um, this well, is yeah, there were a lot of people that were like, well, of course in L.A. Of course in L.A. I'm sorry, when did Impact run L.A.? Right, no. I, I, like missed, I missed miss that. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, I can't say that, that, that it'll work every place, but it really worked tonight and the reason is because he fully committed to it you know what i mean like it's it's not hard to find all of his deletion stuff on youtube like if you don't know who it is your buddy or your buddy's buddy who comes over to watch raw they know what it is and you watch the stuff and you go damn that's fun that's what wrestling is supposed to be like really fun like this outlandish cool like really unique character who says really funny things and does really cool stuff. I like it. And then all of a sudden you become a fan. Like that's, we should, we need more of that kind of stuff. Somebody asked me, do they get the full broken mat entrance as well? Even Vanguard one, like everything from TNA. Yeah, they get it all. And I, I, I can't remember what music he used, but I'm pretty sure that was like a Rebby sky composition. Yeah, it was. She it legit was. plays piano. I interviewed him last year in his house that is, so goddamn big, it couldn't pick up internet where he was <laughs> in front of their piano. Like, she plays piano. There are there are acts right now that are getting really, really smart about owning their own stuff. Moose had a very catchy theme song in Ring of Honor that he produced himself, and he was able to take it to Impact. Uh, have you all watched Being the Elite? We post every single episode on Fightful.com. And they don't own the Bullet Club theme, but they own that hilarious and catchy being the elite song that their dad created. That if you Shazam the damn song, their dad's name pops up. Mm. Like, really, 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 like, wrestlers are adapting. Like, you know, I can argue all you want about independent contractor versus employee and stuff. But the wrestlers are starting to get smarter and smarter and smarter about protecting their own intellectual property or at least putting themselves in positions where they can protect it. I had conversations with Matt Hardy last year where he laid out so much of what was going to happen or what he wanted to happen. He didn't, like, spoil the whole thing for me. But he said, this is what I want 
I want it to be polarizing. I want some people to think it's so bad that it's good and so good that it's bad. It worked out for him, and he abandoned a really successful gimmick in Big Money Matt to do that. Like, he had a good one. He just saw a better one. And not only that, it made him money. It made Jeff money. It made Rebby money. It made <laughs> their kid money. Their kid, as I've said before, if he never takes a bump in his life, in 20 years he can show up at an autograph signing at WrestleCon and he'll have a line. Uh, oh. Made it. Senior Benjamin will have a presence at WrestleMania weekend for somebody. Yeah. He'll be there. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Somebody was pretty. saying they need, to, they need to make this Bray and Matt thing go until Mania. And I'm like, you know what? So, some, of their, some of their feuds are ridiculously long. I have no idea if they will do that, but what there I was thinking There are ways, is, like... There is a ready-made Jeff versus Matt thing when Jeff gets healthy. Uh, if he comes back and like, I've been gone for a few months, and what happened to you? you yeah, I mean? there's a lot of there's a lot this of again? stuff they can do. This again, yeah. I thought we either, were back. Either this, either this again, or they retcon it so there ever was a brother Nero thing. Uh, and I don't know what they're going to do, but you get to have Matt and Jeff doing cool new stuff, and not well, the thing like, is not pretending to be 22 years old in 1999. For- more you know for jeff it really is optional the brother nero stuff like he's gonna be as over no matter what but for matt it is a necessity to have that and to be a baby face you gotta have that you just gotta have that we spent a lot of time on this cesaro and sheamus defeated the shield to retain their raw tag team championships i love the press slam to european uppercut uh, the paint-by-numbers trademark WWE method of tag team matches has broken up a little bit when Ambrose is taken out, Rollins left alone. Cesaro and Sheamus have become such a second-nature tag team. Like, they just – they know where each other are. They they fit there. It's great. Rollins slips on a superplex, and it was almost real bad. Like, go back and watch that. But he's such a pro, and Sheamus is such a pro that they got the bump in. Rollins rolled through, hit the Falcon Arrow. I love that spot. That's really cool. Almost gets it done. The ref calls for a main event DQ. If I were Kurt Angle, I would have threatened the ref, not Cesaro and Sheamus. But because Cesaro and Sheamus wouldn't get out of the ring, he restarts it with no DQ, he being Kurt Angle. After a solid ass kicking, Samoa Joe comes out and attacks the Shield. This brings out Roman Reigns to chase Joe off and hit Cesaro with a Superman punch. But Sheamus steals another win. It was all a mind game against Reigns on the part of Samoa Joe. He knew what he was doing. Hot dog. Your rematch is gone if you're the Shield. What happens now? That's the real question I have. Before we talk about the match, what happens with the Shield now? I don't know. I hope it's not like, hey, Roman... Like, we're boys now and everything, but you ruined our match, and so now we're slightly pissed at you. I hope that's not the rest of December. You know, like, there, there's – what this means is this is, this, is, this is the problem. This is the problem that they have. This is the Poochie syndrome. Everything's about Poochie. Everything is about Roman. Like, it couldn't – Roman runs in, and it's, it's all mind games of Samoa Joe to get to Roman. And that's the way that this match hit. Like, when the first DQ happened, I was like, fart noise. Yeah. And then when they restarted, I was like, oh, cool, clever way. 
to send the crown home happy. Oh, fart noise. I'm like, no, after all of this, like, great, great stuff all night long, the way you end it is like the, okay, no, all right, that's how that happens. If I'm WWE, I pivot. I take a look at the situation, and I pivot. Braun is the guy. Yep. He wins the Rumble. That's just it. He wins the Rumble. He faces Brock. I don't see a lot of people complaining about Braun versus Brock at WrestleMania. And I run Reigns, Ambrose, Rollins at Mania. The first time this happened should have headlined a Mania. Should have been WWE saying, these are the three. Right. Because people would have bought it. Right. And you've got a lot of – and even then, you've got two big-ass matches. I'm talking big-ass matches. Yeah. They're probably doing Nakamura, AJ. That's a hell of an undercard match, too. But you got Braun and – Brock, and you got the Shield triple threat, and you got all these supporting characters. You got Samoa Joe, and you got Jason Jordan really emerging. You've got Finn Balor doing whatever the fuck he's going to do. Pardon my language, guys. I've been dropping a lot of <laughs> F-bombs lately. You've got the women, and one of their matches at least is going to seem really big. You've got stuff that you can fill out this WrestleMania show with, but man, people are going to see right through a Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match. And we were talking off the air. By the way, guys, I have a poll up on Twitter. Myself, Alex, probably Jeff, because it'll be too hard to match up times with Anna, are going to do commentary over a past Royal Rumble. And off air, Alex and I were talking because the one, the three that have got the most votes so far are 2005, 2014, 2015. And Alex was like, "Man, 2014 and 15 are kind are like really too fresh because it's just us saying the same thing we say after every Raw pay per view and." Raw. Damn, they really like Roman Reigns in WWE, don't they? So that's why I think 2005 is is leading. Plus, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that I have info on that I can talk about. Go vote on that. But what? Okay, the match, anything to add to that? But No, the, ma- the match. I, I'm was, wondering was, where everybody goes. We still got a long time until the Rumble. Yeah, we do have a long time. Um, uh, I, I agree with you that I want to see – Braun versus Brock, and I want to see Braun dethrone Brock. They'd have they, I they can do this very easily, especially with Heyman involved. But they're going to have to do something to repair this that rivalry after that match where Braun hit him with power slam after power slam after power slam, and Brock hit him with one F five, and it was over. Like Braun already got I, I don't shot. Think they sh- I don't think they should have bastardized the F five in the first place. That was one of the most revolutionary right. moves. In the sure. business. He stepped in in 2002. Right. And let, let's be honest, guys, over the last 15 years, how many like revolutionary game-changing finishers have there been? I can't think of a lot. I can't think of many. I remember I, remember, I was watching live when Brock Lesnar made his debut, and I said, I don't, I don't think that's a real person. That person, <laughs> looks like a, that person looks like a Hulk that like put on like regular people makeup. Like that was ridiculous. I remember when I when I first saw him give the F five to Rikishi, I thought, "There's no way this is a possible thing that I've just watched." And that's fifteen years ago, and a lot of stuff has changed. But still, he's he's been a beast forever. Um, I don't think they should have nerfed the move to begin with. I guess what I was talking about is the fact that Braun gave Brock his best shot over and over and over again, and still lost the match. That's not how I would have booked it, but that's how you booked it. 
And if you're going to go back and do that again, you got to figure out a way of how do you how do you tell that story? Because it's hard to do like Braun the underdog. You know what I mean? Like this is never going to work. And the problem is, is that's the only way that this company knows how to book a baby face is by being the underdog. And I just, you got to figure out a way of doing it. I'd much rather watch that than Roman versus Brock. But um, I want to see how they would get to it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, the other thing is that if Braun doesn't win the Rumble, you're going to have to like bend over backwards, giving me a reason why he doesn't win the Rumble. Like, is that guy's the most dominant force? 2020 hindsight with Rob Gronkowski, Jinder Mahal, oh and Mojo Rawley. Oh, my God. You, you couldn't have figured out a way for Braun Strowman to have won the Andre the Giant Memorial yeah. Battle Royal but still do that spot, like, with oh my God. with Gronk. Like, all Jinder has to do is sit outside the ring and bitch, and maybe he gets distracted by Gronk. I don't know, but – Braun Strowman should have literally eliminated every single person in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. That's it. Guys, uh, we got a ton of stuff coming for you. I said it earlier today that the Royal Rumble is like our Christmas. We've got special podcasts. I'm going to release the, the Fightful Books It show. Um, me and Alex and Jeff are going to try to come together on a day to do that alternate con- commentary of a Royal Rumble match. Tons of features coming out. Um, I'm going to do – I did the Retro Rumble last year where I, like, retro-tweeted a lot of the Rumble matches. I got to go back and retro-tweet 2017 because I was there for it and didn't get to do that live. So I will re-release those pieces. Uh, there is also – I will re-release the podcast with Shane Helms. That was one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done where I walked through every Royal Rumble experience with him, what went into the Royal Rumble match, and uh, all kinds of stuff like that. I'm – Scheduled to do an interview with a former WWE writer about the process of the Royal Rumble. That will be coming to the list in your boy, and that will help contribute to the alternate commentary that I will be doing with Alex and Jeff as well. Like, I'm going to go all in on this. The Royal Rumble is a special time, a special match, and I know that a ton of you all look forward to it just as I do. There's a sense of of optimism uh, as it pertains to the Royal Rumble match. So uh, definitely... Be around. Check that out. Head over to the forums. I've got an AMA and Ask Me Anything post where you all can just ask me anything. Whether you give a shit about it or not, I don't care. Just head over and do it. Uh, Also, I've had a lot of people asking me about a thread, which I have pinned to the top of my Twitter, at Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, Go check that out. It'll give you a little insight to some of the dealings with WWE as it pertains to media, some of the hurdles and stuff. I've had like dozens of people ask me to talk about that. We'll talk about it Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern on the list, and your boy. I mean, I've dealt with it. Alex dealt with it as my associate editor. There, there are a lot of weird tiptoeing around things and just weird dealings and, and stuff like that that you all will get kind of an eye for. Because there, there are those people who think that internet wrestling writing is just, oh, you copy this, you paste this. There's a lot more into it, and it's just it's going to be worth a listen. I'll tell you all that because there are certain things that I can't legally mention names about, but I'm going to mention some things that probably as a career move I shouldn't talk about, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> Alex, what are your plans for the week? I have assigned you an off the track with A-Train, which people will get at the end of the week likely. But what do you got going on? 
Uh, like a lot of preparations for you know the holidays. Uh, this this takes time, people, and you should see the outside of my house. Uh, I'm going all out this year because because I am the holiday commodity. Uh, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's the most wonderful time of the year, as the song says. But the busiest as well. Uh, and uh, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 my favorite time of the year, but oh man, there's all kinds of crap got to get done. Well, I know that I like this time of the year when here in Kentucky it's 55 when I walk outside. Here's the thing: it was 60 degrees today, which is why Ooh. I was outside pu- putting up all the lights because tomorrow it's going to be 30, and I don't like 30 yep. degree drops in temperature. That's not cool to me. You do have off Christmas. Anna will be joining me on. December 25th, I was like, who can do it? And then I thought, wait a second, that's December 26th there. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) It's perfect. Uh, This weekend, guys, a little programming note. I'll do a UFC Fresno wrap-up on Sunday. Uh, I'm kind of celebrating one of our Christmases this Saturday night. I have some rare time off uh, on that evening, but we will be here after Christmas for that that special Christmas Raw. And as I keep mentioning, I want to plug these. ROH Final Battle. Uh, we're doing a podcast after that. I'm doing a solo show then, and I'm doing a uh, show after Wrestle Kingdom 12. I'm going to wait until about 4 or 5 p.m. that evening. That way you all have time to check that out. Guys, any um, any recommendations, anything that you all want to see, head over to our forums. Let people know. Let our let our, media, our tech team know about it. We'll get it done. I want to thank you guys so much. Sorry I got a little scatterbrained towards the end of the show. It's been an insane weekend if you all have been at the site. Go uh, like, subscribe, thumbs up, all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.